Open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 22. Could you stand with me in honor of God's word this morning? I want to kick off a new series this morning called The Spirit and the Bride. Revelation 22. Look at 17. It says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears this say, Come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. Father in heaven, just as you were in the book of Revelation, you are today speaking to the church. May you give us ears to hear what you're speaking. Father God, I ask that your bride would be that holy bride without spot or wrinkle that Jesus, we believe you are soon returning for. Father, thank you that even now you're preparing our hearts to receive our groom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. Building off of last week's message, this series is about the heart of of genuine believers in the last days. And in this portion of Scripture, we have Jesus speaking of his return. Jesus said that he's coming soon and bringing his reward with him. Then in verse 17, it says, the spirit and the bride say come. Our study in this series will be about not only the heart of God, but the heart the church should have for God. Why? Because I believe that they both should be saying the same thing. And as I understand marriage, whether we're talking marriage here on earth or whether we're talking marriage in heaven, three elements are needed. Three elements are needed. Those elements are commitment, covenant, and consummation. Commitment, covenant, and consummation. So who you've committed your life to in binding covenant and are in union with says who you're married to on earth as it is in heaven. Keep in mind, Jesus is coming back for a bride. He's not coming back for a girlfriend. He's not coming back for a fling or an affair. He's coming back for a committed bride that is in covenant with him and that should be in union with him. That's who Jesus is returning for. So knowing that, let's dig a little bit deeper here in the scripture. Notice that both the Holy Spirit and the bride, they both say the same thing. They both say come. They both say come. It then gives two key essentials for the invitation. The first is let anyone who hears this say come. Let anyone who hears this say come. This was told to each of the seven churches in the book of Revelation. We begin in Revelation chapter 2 because I really want you to see these things. I could just tell you the verses, but I want you to see it. Revelation 2, 7 
Speaking to the church in Ephesus, it says anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches, to everyone who's victorious. I'll give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Drop down to verse 11 to the church in Smyrna. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. Drop down to verse 17, the church of Pergamum. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit, understand what he's saying to the churches, to everyone who is victorious. I'll give some of the hidden manna away in heaven. Look at verse 29, the church in Thyatira. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. Chapter 3, verse 6, the church in Sardis. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the church. Look at verse 13 of chapter 3, the church in Philadelphia. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit, understand what he's saying to the churches. And then lastly, in verse 22, the church in Laodicea. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. To the seven churches, the admonition given was twofold. It was twofold. To listen to the Spirit and to understand what the Spirit's saying to the churches. Remember how we've talked about how in Jewish thought in the Hebrew language, hearing and obeying were not two different words, they were one word, Shema. Because to the Jew, what would be the sense in hearing if you weren't going to obey? It was all one. And so now I would challenge you today with that very same thought, that we're not just to hear what the Spirit's saying to the churches, we're to understand it. And I don't know about you, but if I'm grasping something and I'm understanding something, then that means I must respond to it, I must react to it, I must apply it to my life. The second thing that was being said, the second essential, was what the Spirit let anyone who is thirsty come. The first one that we've looked at was let anyone who hears this say come. The second one is let anyone who is thirsty come. Go to Isaiah 55. And I want you to see this in a similar light. Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3. You got your Bibles with you this morning? It says, is anyone thirsty Isaiah 55, 1. Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that doesn't give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me, and you'll eat what is good. You'll enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, you'll find life. I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. I'll give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. Notice that the call offers to drink freely of the water of life. The same water that Jesus offered the woman at the well in John 4.14. We see Jesus say this with even greater detail in John chapter 7. Let's go there because we're going to kind of be finishing there today and picking it up again next week. Look at John 7.37-39. through 39. It says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. 
Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Older versions will say, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, when he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. So what are the Spirit and the bride both saying? What are they saying? What is the Holy Spirit saying and what should the church be saying? And I want you to know that I think that at times the church misses it. I don't think the church is always saying what the Holy Spirit is saying, but it should. And as I understand Scripture, they're both saying the very same thing. They're saying, come to Jesus. Because what would be the sense in God telling you to come if he didn't specify what he was asking you to come to or who he was asking you to come to? Both the Spirit and the bride say, come to Jesus. Both the Spirit and the bride say, come to to Jesus. You see, it's all about Jesus, and it'll always be about Jesus. I was in a discussion the other day with someone about what the gospel is, and I said, the gospel is about Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. That's what it'll always be about. The gospel without Jesus is no gospel at all. We know from 1 Corinthians 15 that the gospel is and always will be about Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and that he was seen by over 500 people in his resurrected state. That's what the gospel is about. The Spirit and the bride are both saying, come to Jesus. This is the call that's going out from the heart of God. This is the call going out from everyone who has his heart. To everyone who has his heart, this is a call that's going out. Something's wrong. When we believe the Spirit is saying something else, something's wrong when the church is saying something else. Both should be saying, come to Jesus. And I don't know why we've complicated it. I don't know why we've made it so difficult. And I don't know why we think that God is saying so many different things to the church today. The one thing that we're certain that the Holy Spirit is saying to the church today is that you are to come to Jesus. And you keep coming to him. And you don't stop coming to him. Deuteronomy chapter 8 tells us that we live by every word that proceeds from God's mouth. It begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. It continues with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it will be consummated with a relationship with Jesus Christ for all eternity. Commitment, covenant, consummation. Who you're married to. Who who, who you're married to should be seen in who you're in union with. Are you in union with Jesus Christ? Or aren't you? Are you committed and are you in covenant with the living God? See, we barely understand covenant today. We barely grasp what covenant is. Covenant was a strong word used to the people that lived in the days prior to Jesus, when Jesus walked the earth, Covenant meant everything. What covenant said is that everything that you have is mine and everything that I have is yours. And to the death, I'll be there for you and I, rest assured, believe that you'll be there for me. Covenant was binding. Binding. You commit, covenant is made, 
you consummate. But today it seems like we've got it backwards. It seems like we have no problem consummating. And we'll commit for a short time, but covenant, ah, no, 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 that's, that's, that's subjective, you know. It matters how things are going, and uh, you commit. Make covenant, and you consummate. And I sure hope that we're not treating our relationship with the living God like we have our relationships here on earth. I sure hope that we don't think that we can have these momentary flings and uh, moments of intimacy with Jesus, declaring him to be Lord, declaring him to be our groom one minute, and then denying him the next. He is coming back for a bride. Coming back for a bride. The call's going out even now to come to Jesus. And isn't it amazing that Jesus said, the sheep know their shepherd, they know his voice. The one that we're in union with, we should know. And intimacy isn't something that we should just be freely giving away. It should be commitment before intimacy. Covenant and then the consummation. And when I think of bride, I think of commitment. I think of commitment, unwavering commitment. That's not based on what the situation is or how bad it gets. It's not whether it's the worst of times as if it's some contractual thing. Covenant is deeper and more profound than anything that's contractual. And even though Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners, and he knows who he died for very well, he knows. He keeps his word. He is not man that he should lie. He is forever faithful and true. And it'll be written on him when he returns one day. Our God is faithful. And you may have been scarred, you may have been marred by many unfaithful relationships, but our God is not like that. Our God is faithful. When you come to him, you come to faithfulness. When you come to him, you enter into a lasting and a binding relationship with the living God. It's not fleeting. It's not momentary. It's not these great moments of intimacy with no substance. It's all of it and more. All of it and more. See, I think that if we look at what our marriage union with the living God is and we try to compare it to what we've seen here on earth, we've got a very poor understanding. And how many of you know that real love, genuine love, true love, it transcends emotions? It commits. When people say that they've fallen out of love, they've chosen to. Commitment doesn't fall out of anything. It's steadfast. It's true. It's there. I'm here. I'm here. Come what may. I'm here. I'm so glad that our God 
isn't emotional. Changing his mind about whether or not he wants to return for us. We all believe and we all know that Jesus is coming back. And so my questions that I want to leave you with today are, whose heart do you have? Whose heart do you have? God's or yours? Are you in agreement with the Holy Spirit? If you are, then the Holy Spirit is always drawing you to Jesus. He's reminding you of Jesus' words. And for those of you that have tried a relationship with Jesus, I'm asking you to commit to a relationship with Jesus today. And I'm asking you to trust that relationship, whether the times are good or bad. Because your hope and your trust is in a God who will not fail you, who's faithful. Lisa referred to it, this hope is an anchor to our soul. Was it Hebrews 6.19? It's an anchor. Jesus is the anchor of your life. And whatever you do, do not reduce Jesus, your relationship with the living God, to any relationship that you've ever known or had. I love what Bill Johnson, pastor of Bethel Church in Redding, California, says, I will not reduce God to my experiences here on earth. He's faithful. Even when you're not, he is. He's true. Even when you're not, he is. And I am committed to him as a believer in Jesus, come what may. Come what may. And maybe today you need to renew your commitment to God today. Maybe today you need to renew your commitment to Jesus Christ because if I know anything for certain, I know that that's exactly what the Holy Spirit's saying. Come to Jesus. Or maybe today to you he's saying, come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Well, pastor, I've been hurt by churches and I've been hurt by, by Christians. And Well, can I just say this? If they weren't saying come to Jesus, don't put a ton of stock in it. You come back to Jesus and you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Holy Spirit's not going to hurt you. He'll direct you. He'll guide you. He'll even convict you, but he's not going to hurt you. He leads us by his conviction, leads and guides us into truth, a truth that's so powerful that just to know it sets you free. And that truth is a person, Jesus Christ. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The the person that the Holy Spirit is leading you to is truth. He leads and guides you into all truth, and that truth is Jesus Christ. He's forever calling you back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Come to Jesus. And the call goes out and it never gets old and it's always fresh and it's always new. And I want to be able to pray for you today. Those of you that are present here, those of you that are watching, you need to come back to Jesus. You need to come to Jesus. Man, what did we hear in church today? That we need to come to Jesus. And we each individually come to Jesus. We don't ride on anybody else's coattails, mother, father, sister, brother, grandma, grandpa. We come to Jesus of our own free will. We come to him. We choose.
And if you're a part of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, you're saying the same thing. Man, I don't know much, but I know this. Come to Jesus. I know that's what the Holy Spirit's saying. Come to Jesus. Have you been away? Have you found excuses to stay away? Come to Jesus.